But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin. But I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning for me. For me, for me. Oh, we're back and it's on and popping. Just like always. Roll that beautiful music. The Watchman's voice, y'all. Well, today's show is going to be about the Book of Acts. We know that they were so hard in the Book of Acts. Paul and Peter and John, they was putting it down. So we're going to get into the Book of Acts. We got one big announcement today, and we're going to get into that. It's the Watchman's voice, y'all, and it's Zoom! Welcome to another edition of The Watchman's Voice. How you doing out there? This is Watch Johnson. I'm so excited. Man, we got a power-packed show for you today, man. Um, We're going to talk about the Book of Acts. Man, let me tell you something. If you're talking about the Bible and you don't know how hard some of these guys was laying it, you don't know nothing about the Bible because Peter, John, Paul, and some of the other guys that was in the book of Acts, man, they was laying it hard on some of these preachers and some of these pastors and the Sanhedrin and the, and the um, Sadducees uh, and the Pharisees. Man, they was giving them the business, even though, even though these people were supposed to be so versed in the Bible and so versed in the, in the Testament and the word and the word of God, they were still getting schooled by the followers of Jesus. Man. And today we got a big big announcement today. And I know some of you are probably wondering, what's the announcement? And you probably already know because you're listening to us here. So, I'm going to wait for I'm going to wait for our breaking news re, um 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 ID to come in before I do that. But anyway, man, it has been a while since I've been on the air with you, and I miss y'all. What's going on? How y'all doing? Man, let's pray real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for another show. Thank you for the people that we're able to touch with this program. So, Father, we ask that you bless the word that you bring out of my mouth today. And we ask that you bless the word in their hearing. And in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. So, 
I got news. I don't even know if I can wait. So I'm not going to wait. I'm going to just tell you right now. We are on our own network. One Media World Radio. The Watchman's Voice is on his own network. One Media World Radio. And we're on Sundays. Right here. So you can listen to us right here. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. How you like that? We have our own network. One Media World Radio. So anyway. Let's get into this. Let, let me read Acts 4 real quick because Acts 4 was just laying it out. I mean, Peter and them, they, <laughs> they, they was letting it, they was giving it. I mean, they was giving it to the Sanhedrin. So let's read Acts 4 verse 1. Let's start at verse 1. The priest and the captain of the temple guards and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John. Now, why did they seize them instead of just it? But let's read further. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men believed grew to about 5,000. But many who heard them, uh, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I messed up there. I'm reading it again, but I should read it again. Maybe the Lord wanted me to read it again. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, the teachers, of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. And you know, they probably had some pompous sounding um, voice. By what power or what name do you do this? I bet you they was laughing. They was like, what, what do you mean? You, you heard us in the temple. Verse eight. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people. If we are being called to account. Today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame, because, you know, you know, let me give you the backstory real quick. Because before I go any further, Peter and John walked up to this. Uh, lame man and healed him after he had been lame for 40 years and he went into the temple proclaiming that he was healed and Peter and John healed him and and they went in there and they had to tell him no we didn't heal him Jesus did so let me let's read more uh let's start back real if we're called to or if we're being called to account today for act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed then know this you and all people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, now which has come, become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no name under heaven given to mankind by which he by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, 
They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see that the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and confer together. Now, this is them conspiring to try to uh, quench the uh, gospel. This is them conspiring. So uh, where we at? Verse 16. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. So in other words, they went around trying uh, unless they did the sign. They went around trying to make sure that unless they have done it, then it's not a real sign of God. Who does that sound like? Does that sound like the church today? Does that sound like preachers that say there are no more uh, apostles or or not not even preachers? There are people that say there are no more apostles. All the apostles are dead because after Jesus passed and the apostles passed, there's no more people that walk the face of the earth that have that kind of power. But the apostles and Jesus and they're dead. So since then and then um, and, and it amazes me and I'm. And I'm trying to th- I'm thinking faster than I'm saying it, but it amazes me that people say that. But they're still preachers that but they believe in the preachers, the fivefold ministry of what they call a fivefold ministry. There's my air quotes. There's no such thing as a fivefold ministry It's ascension gifts. God gave us gifts. And he and those people that are uh, believing that they're um, it, that's a ministry or a um uh, a um, hierarchy and that's that's the word I'm looking for that, that there's a hierarchy within the pastors, the apostles, the preachers the teachers, they're not it's not a hierarchy but let me read further so the, first they asked about what are we going to do with them, we know we can't stop them from doing this, people have seen them you know, perform this and everything so they Verse 17 says, but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this in this name. These Negroes is fooling. Are you serious? You're going to say we're not going to get on board with this, even though it's a notable miracle. We're not going to get on board. We're going to um, what we're going to do is we're going to stop you from doing this. That's what we're going to do. We're going to stop you. So don't do it no more. Don't speak in his name. Verse 18. So they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied. Now, here's the gangsterism. Here's the gangster in Peter and Paul. I mean, Peter and John. Which is right in God's eyes, they said. To listen to you. Or to listen to him. You be the judge. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats. Now, now listen, this is verse 21. They threatened them further. They went as into probably, probably threatening their lives. Verse 21. After further threats. They let them go. They could not decide how to punish them 
because all the people were praising God for what had happened. So you mean to tell me you wanted to punish them for doing God's work? Isn't that the same job they were supposed to be doing? I, I mean, they were the people of they were the scholars of the Bible at the time. And you're going to punish somebody for doing God's work. The same work you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> wow. This is. <laughs> this is crazy. And I mean, I mean, acts go further and they, you know, and they go into um, more and more and more. But, you know, it's. Can you imagine being persecuted by your own people for doing the work of God? Can you imagine that? <laughs> yes, you can imagine that. Guess what? Because it's going on today. It is going on today right now as we speak in the year. 2016 the church persecutes its own people the church turns and goes and fights within themselves but that was already predicted that was predicted a long time ago that there will be infighting inside of the church it's in the bible so that's the homework for the for the day that's one of the pieces of homework find out in the bible where it says that there will be fighting among brothers and and they were talking about not talking about family. They was talking about spiritual family. And it's there. It's there. You wouldn't believe it, but it is. Hello. Hello. This is the music of D1, who just so happens to be my grandson, along with Lupe Fiasco and Big Crip. Let's go. They say I keep it too real. Oh, well, I ain't got no chill. I ain't in this game to prostitute my soul for dollar bills. And the streets is going down. Titanic. God got me, though. Why panic? Who cares if you die rich if you ain't dynamic? Black verse, white, black verse, black rich verse, poor hero verse, Christ the verse, night field verse, face ain't verse, God love verse, hate. Got hustling in my jeans. I fell asleep bumping Chris Wallace. I got big dreams. Man, what it do? Got Lupe, got Crit, everybody know we trail. What you rap about? Can the folks Selfish ways and overlook the days that we ain't pray. After getting paid, a product of buying vibe. They gave us crack, we sold it back for gold and rims and Gucci. Taught us how to whip and move it. And like drunk, it just ain't human. Somebody mama, somebody father that was on their way to AA till they heard us holler. Bay A's for the cheap. The fire black life has decreased. Holy killing us for a bonus and paid vacay to the beach. The devil been busy, I'm telling you. Been well what they selling you. Put God first and let him work with everything else filling you. We've been in the club way too long, my brother. We gon' teach them more than rapping slow. Pillin' and draw, dealing but how to love each other. 
just saying Instagram hashtag about it. I don't mean to nag about it, but we got to fight the evil and raise the flag about it. We gotta hit the block hard. No way they respect you when you're sweeter than a pop tart. Living weak, we 
people telling folk they could do anything, but if you need a shit, we believe that it's a penalty, but wait, he delivered me from weed pills in the seat of real MVP, and created number 23, man, we been tired of them saying gospel rappers, we hope you feel the beat, Holy Spirit, give me energy, notice that the focus ain't even on if I'm rapping sweet, I do this in my sleep, man, a real battle in the street, Step 
further You can probably say that I'm spunk Screaming Jesus' name till there's no more air in my lungs Trying to get away, but God, it's really hard to outrun If the devil's wearing powder Ask him why he got a gown on Let me see a demon, I'ma choke him out or drown him Life is like a fight, well then this fight is still on round one Hold on, was that a demon? I was about to say I found one Man, I was gonna kill him, then tell Satan Yo, you down one, and the devil like We beat even if we do surround him Watch, cause Jesus lives in me Like I cut the ultrasound on The devil gotta talk to God before me That's from now on God forgives your sins even if you let them pile on Devil only tricks you if you do choose to allow him And when he talks to me, I just look into anyhow him Because he's super weak, so intentionally we follow him Plus I'm from the D, eight is from the mile that I'm on. See my feet then later, after a while we crocodile them. I'm talking gators, boy, different ways that you can style them. Before they started texting, I like to get my bell out on. God wants a relationship, I hope y'all reconcile them. I hope y'all care about them. One day we got to face the book, I'm never logging out them. Nope. All right, just listen, it's the mixtape. Morning music with our rep. God wants a relationship. I hope y'all reconcile them. I hope y'all care about them. One day we have to face the book. I'm never logging out them. Let's go out to Cam, Dominique, Keith. I love y'all. I hope y'all reconcile them. I hope y'all care about them. One day we gotta face the book. I'm never logging out them. So let's skip around to um uh in Acts a little bit. Because I I want y'all to see <laughs> how gangster everybody was. Now we reread Peter and John earlier, how they stood before that Sanhedrin court with the Pharisees and all the other um people of uh biblically biblical academia. That's what we're gonna call it. Biblical academia. We where Paul and John stood before them and still blaze them and say, Who we gonna listen to? We're not gonna listen to you. You not who we following we gonna still do what we're supposed to do and the people couldn't touch them i mean the the biblical academia people couldn't touch them because of the simple fact that they saw that the people had already saw the miracle had they not seen the miracle and had they not already been praising god then i guarantee you they would have been in much worse trouble peter and john they would have been in much worse trouble but because of the miracle, they were protected. Let's 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 go a little further. Let's go to Acts 13 real quick. And we're going to talk about Saul and Barnabas. And Saul, now, now Saul was, is a funny story. Now, this is, this is the perfect example of how God can use anyone. Saul. Saul's name was Paul before this. I mean, um, Saul's name was Saul, and then he changed to Paul. Because um, the Lord changed his name. But man, he was killing. Literally, he killed the Christians. He killed all. He was killing all of them. Everyone he came in contact with. They were scared of him. They was hiding from Paul or Saul at that time. They was hiding from Saul. They was running from everywhere. They, they hear he coming to one town. They leave that town and go to another. They were scared of this man. And the Lord knocked him off his horse and said, look, why are you persecuting me? And then turned this man who used to be the persecutor of, of Jesus into an apostle of Jesus. Saul has the perfect story for all people that wants to say, look, I'm not perfect. 
I can't be a Christian because I, I got this going on. I got this going on. I got that going on. I'm still in this. I'm still in that. Paul has the perfect story for those people. You know why he has the perfect story? Because he was one of them. He killed. He, you know, stoned. He persecuted all the believers of Christ and became an apostle of Christ. So when somebody comes and tell you the story about how they're, they want to be a Christian, but it's just so hard because they, they can't turn around because they, you know, they've done this, they've done that, they've done this. You start reading them the story of Paul. You start showing them that Paul killed Christians. You can't go any further than that. You can't be on the on the outs with God and Jesus more than that. You kill his own people. Can't be on the outs more than that. But let's read verse 13. Acts 13, verse 4. Then Paul and um, Barnabas was on the island of Cyprus. So verse four, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to set Lucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived on Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. Then they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar Jesus. You know, in the Bible it says Bar Jesus, but I'm going to call him Bar Jesus because, you know, I'm not going to give anybody that kind of, you know, esteem of saying, giving them the same name as our Lord and Savior. So his name is Bar Jesus. <laughs> Bar Jesus, um, who was an attendant of the not Proknoxol, soul, I don't know what that Proknoxol, Sergius Palaces. They they be having some words in the Bible. The Proknoxol, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elmas. The sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the Procosol from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elmas and said, now this, here's the gangster part again. Here's the gangster part. You are a child of the devil, an enemy of everything that is right. You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proctor saw what had happened, he believed. For he was amazed at the teachings about the Lord. It, oh, people, it gets more gangster than that. Paul goes before the Sanhedrin and calls him out. He calls him. He did the Jesus thing. You vipers. You liars. Paul got busy on him. 
and they want they so wanted to kill Paul so many different times, and each time they wanted to kill him, he escapes. <laughs> Paul, uh, Paul and Barnabas was on the run just as much as uh, the the Jews and the um, people was on the run from Paul in that time. I mean, every time they went before the um, the synagogues and spoke in the synagogues, the, the Sadducees and the and the other people came out against Paul and Barnabas. And, you know, Paul had to just let them know, look, you know, I'm a man of God. I don't care what you call me. So, I mean, <laughs> and, and and what makes it so bad is that most of the people that were mad at Paul, Peter and John and Barnabas during that time were all Christian people. Even the Christians were against them. That sounds like today, doesn't it? There are so many Christians that are against the true teachings of the word of God. And they will do anything to shut you up or say anything against it or say, oh, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't go along with the teachings I, we were taught. Well, a lot of times the teachings you were taught were the right teachings. You really have to get into the word of God to find out what revelation he is really saying and what revelation he's giving to you. Cause if you're following somebody else's revelation, you can't follow what God has for you. I mean, people walk around all day saying what God has for you. He is for you and nobody can take it from you. But if you are following the teachings of other people, see what happens is the teachings of other people are supposed to help you get to your revelation. And if you're following them and their revelation so closely that you can't follow your own and that the Lord has for you, you're not in line with the word of God. And that's just it. You not in line. You're worried about, you know, being a part of pastor's vision and making sure that his vision come to pass. And that's fine and good. But what about your vision? What about what God has for you? Are you neglecting what God has for you by following somebody else's vision? And a lot of and nine times out of ten, if you if you have the right pastor and you go to them and say, This is what God has, this is the vision God has for me, Pastor. The pastor will help you get to that vision. The right one. The right pastor. Listen to me now. The right one. Now, this is a this is not a downplay on church or or pastors or apostles or bishops or anybody this is just saying you have to be in line with the word of god and you have to be in line with god by being under the right people everybody's not for you and i can think of a couple of pastors that i can name that i won't but that i can name that are not really for the people they're basically for themselves and i mean these i'm not talking about local pastors here because i'm in detroit i'm not talking about the local pastors that nobody know i'm talking about humongous pastors pastors that have television ministries that are preaching all over the world that have a following of million plus people that are bad pastors and they are preaching erroneous doctrine we're not talking about them now. We're not going to, we're not talking about them. We're talking about the good guys. We're talking about the people that are going to help you 
spread your wings and live your life to the fullest by following the vision that God has set up for you. Because when you flourish, they automatically know the house of God flourishes. And it's not a ploy to make sure that you're successful so you can bring more tithes into the church. It's the point of the matter is that once you flourish, then you can give nobody the glory but God. And that helps the pastor because it makes a pastor, a, a real pastor feels good about his people succeeding. He, that's what a leader does. A leader makes other leaders and he's happy that they're succeeding and that they're leading and that they're, you know, doing what God wants you to do. That's what real pastors do. They help you and they encourage you to make it, to push to the vision that God has for you. Can't blow my high. Can't kill this vibe. 
Can't kill this vibe, won't come down, can't blow my high. Can't kill this vibe, won't come down, can't blow my high. Can't kill this vibe, won't come down, can't blow my high. Can't kill this vibe, won't come down, can't blow my high. Walking on these clouds, walking, walking on these clouds, walking on these clouds, walking, walking on these clouds, walking on these clouds, walking, walking on these clouds. You can say I'm a skywalker. Now, we're going to skip around a little bit again. We're going to skip around a little bit. And um, we're still in the book of Acts. God has me in the book of Acts. And um, I've been reading a full book of Acts. I've read it a couple of times so far. So, you know, every day I got to read the book of Acts. So I listen to it. I read it. I I go through it. I see what the Lord is saying. And it Acts is just one of those books. And um. Now I'm going to start, you know, you have to start implementing what you learn in your own life. And so I just have to read. And see, I'm always talking about being, you know, hard and and gangster, you know, because if I was that in the world, why I got to all of a sudden be super meek and, and, and soft just because I'm a Christian? I'm not. Now, there are some qualities of me that have been quieted, like as of, and I tell people all, all the time, well, the Lord hasn't delivered me from fighting. So I'm a, I'm a fighter. I'm, that's what I do. I'm a warrior. And, and this is true. I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter, but I know now how to pick my battles before I was just fighting every battle. Now I know how to pick my battles and it, you know, you live longer that way. <laughs> uh, so to all you men out there, that feel like you're, you know, if you become Christian, you, you know, you'll be soft and you won't have that, the, the warrior fight and just be quilched in you and you won't be able to do or to say a lot of things that you want to say. Well, in the Bible, it says a fool that says everything on his, uh, a man that says everything on his mind is a fool. So you're not supposed to say everything on your mind, but there are times you're supposed to stand up for yourself. And I'm, I'm living proof that if you stand up for yourself, you'll be all right. So this is a time where Paul stood up for himself against the people who were accusing him of, of just not being a Christian or a, accusing him to be a false prophet. That's what they were actually accusing him of. And these are people that are supposed to be Christian. They want it. They wanted Paul put to death. They didn't grab him up and had the Roman army. I mean, not the Roman army. They had the um, the army of the Jews in Jerusalem at that time. Grab him up and and get ready to flog him. After, even after Paul went to them and told them that Jesus sent him on his journey. But as soon as Paul said he sent me to the Gentiles. Oh, man. They was like, no, kill him. Kill him. Jesus wouldn't have said that. Our God wouldn't say that. We're not Gentiles. God wouldn't have said that. So we're in Acts 22, verse 22. And then uh, we're going to read right there. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this, because God told him, um, Paul told them that God was sending them to the Gentiles. And they, until he said that, they was listening. <laughs> They raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him, rid the earth of him, kill him. He is not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and finding 
flinging dust in the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He direct he directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to, to the satyrian, "Now, let me stop right there before I say anything, because this this part to me is funny because God will put you in the right place to keep you from being harmed." I, I said that slow for a reason. God will put you in the right place to keep you from being harmed. Now, at that time, the Romans were the most feared people on the face of the earth because their empire was strong. And here, Paul pulls the Roman card. <laughs> As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the, to the centurion standing there, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen? who hasn't even been found guilty. When a centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do? He asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am. He answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. But I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. The commander, went, uh, the commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he, brought Paul, then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. Now, again, here we go. This is where it gets gangster. <laughs> In Acts 23, Paul stands before the Sanhedrin and gets gangster with him. Uh, Acts 23, verse one, Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, my brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him in the mouth, punch that Negro in the mouth, punch him in the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to your to the law, yet yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Now, I don't care what nobody say. He that was gangster. That was gangster. Those standing near Paul said, how dare you insult God's high priest? Now, here we here we go again. Now. You know, people that know me know I have this thing about people um, uh, extending other people higher than than they ought to be. And I, I know that there is a and in a lot of churches, you have to respect the household. You have to respect the hierarchy inside of the church. Yes, you do. But. If they are air. Era of what they're doing, 
you have to say something and you take it to them first. Now, you don't take it to them publicly. Let me say this, because a lot of people think that you're supposed to confront the people that uh, you feel are teaching you erroneously or or the pastor or the bishop or the apostle. You have a meeting with them. Sit down and have a meeting with them. Don't confront them publicly. Don't get out in public and, and publicly try to embarrass them. That is wrong. You're not supposed to do that. That is wrong. I do not condone that. But I do condone if they are wrong that you confront them on it in a private setting. Now, if it does not come, if it comes to the point where they want to discommunicate you from the church because you did approach the pastor or did approach the bishop, the apostle, the evangelist or whoever's in charge of the church and feel like they were wrong, then you are to take it to the elders of the church. You're to take it to the elders and a council of pastors that are his peers. Okay, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what the Bible says to do. Take it to a council of peers and let and you state what your complaint is. Now, if nothing has been done about that, you give you give it to God. There's nothing else you can do. You just give it to God and you move on. You wipe the dust off your feet and you keep on moving. All right. So don't think that I'm condoning going before uh, the pastor and confronting him and in his face and getting all in his face saying, why did you say this? The Lord didn't say that you was wrong. I'm mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, because people are still people. You confront them in public and you confront them with an attitude or you confront them telling them that they are wrong in the wrong setting. You might have a fight on your hands. Cause people are still people. Pastors are people. Apostles are people. Bishops are people. You may have a fight on your hands. All right. So. With that being said, after Paul said that, you know, you violated the law by commanding that I be struck. They was like, how dare you insult God's high priest like he was, you know, better than anybody. Paul replied, brothers, I do not realize that he was the high priest for it is written. Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. See what I'm saying? Then Paul, knowing that some of the Sadducees and other Pharisees called out in the Sanhedrin, my brothers, I am a Pharisee, descendant from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and Sadducees and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees, there is said that there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe in all things. Isn't that the same thing that's happening today? Isn't this the exact same thing that's happened? The church is split and divided because a certain sect of people believe that there are no resurrections and that there are neither angels or spirits. And everything, everything in life just happens. And the Pharisees believe in all things that they angels, spirits, God, devil, everything. Isn't the church split on that right now to this day? So they've always been split on this. 
This is nothing new. They've been splitting on this for years. They've been splitting on this for thousands of years. So there was a great uproar, verse 9, uh, Acts 23, verse 9. There was a great uproar. And some of the teachers of the law were Pharisees, stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid. Now, these are church people arguing so violently that they didn't scare the Gentiles. They don't even know what to do. <laughs> scared the commander. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away. Because he was afraid that he was Paul would be torn to pieces. And take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. That following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, take courage as you have testified about me in Jerusalem. So you must testify in Rome. Now, the next chapter, not the next chapter, the next verse talks about a plot to kill Paul. Are you serious? The Pharisees and Sadducees got together and came up with a plot. The chief priest came up with a plot to kill Paul. These are Christian people. These are the Christian people. Paul was bringing them the word so tough that they had a plot to kill him. Why do you think they had that plot? Because of erroneous doctrine. If the doctrine that they or that Paul was preaching was not edifying and uplifting the chief priests and his teachings, like in some churches today in 2016, they are against you. This people is wrong. This is wrong to the utmost of wrongness. That's my new word, wrongness. <laughs> Man, they had a plot to kill Paul, but they had a plot to kill all the apostles at that time. When you bring the word of God the right way, the way it's supposed to be, and you bring revelation and people start to follow you like today in today's society, if you plan to bring the word of God and people are clinging to you and following you, the first thing that they do is try to cut you down because they feel like you're taking from their church. You're taking revenue from the church. Churches have to stop being corporations because the most important thing to the body of Christ is souls. You don't get paid for souls. Souls, Jesus is not paying you to get souls in the church. Because if he was, everybody would be out there trying to get souls. If God was paying for souls, everybody would be doing it. Because they would think that's easy money. And to convert you over, I saved you, so your soul God's going to pay me for your soul. That's that same philosophy that thing that I'm going to get a big crown because of all the souls I've saved, because of all the people I brought to Christ. I'm going to have a, a crown with so many jewels in it. That is erroneous. I don't know where that doctrine came from. I don't know what made people think that you're going to get a bigger mansion, uh, a prettier crown, 
a whiter robe and all this other stuff. That's no different than the Islam thinking that if I kill myself in the name of Allah, that I'm going to get 50 virgins. Most people can't even handle two virgins or one virgin, but you, you're going to get 50 of them and you killing yourself because you think you're going to get 50 virgins. What in the world is on your mind? Your mind is dirty. That's why you, you, you want 50 virgins. There's no such thing as a reward for winning souls. So people stop believing that you can't keep believing this erroneous doctrine of I'm going to have a better crown. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that because I've done this for God. Your, your reward for winning a soul to God is the angels rejoice in heaven. Your reward for winning a soul to God is that you wake up the next day. At the end of it all, when the when your life is said and done, your reward is well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the gates. That's your reward. That's the reward you should be looking for. Not this other crap that everybody's always talking about, you know, a bigger crown, more jewels, a bigger home in heaven, you know, and all this other stuff. Because anything that takes away from God is not of God. So you thinking about winning a crown and getting a whiter robe and all this other stuff and jewels in your crown is taken away from God. That is erroneous doctrine and people need to stop it. I don't know what got me on this tangent, but that's where it's going. It's just, well, I think it was a plot to kill um, Paul because people think that just because I am, you know, a priest, I am the high priest, I am the bishop, I'm the archbishop, I'm an apostle, I'm a you know uh, uh, anything inside of the church they feel like I'll talk to you in a second I'll come back with my closing argument um, closing argument my closing statement this program is brought to you by your generous donations we thank you for listening and remember to stand watch and pray until next time I'm Juan Johnson Hey, I love you. I'll talk to you next week. Remember, you can always listen to us right here on One Media World Radio. Let's be strong out there. Stand, watch, and pray. I'll see you next week. And it's over!